A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, read by Robert Wallace. Part 7 As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country road with fields on either hand. The city had entirely vanished. Not a vestige of it was there to be seen. The darkness and the mist had vanished with it, for it was a clear, cold winter day with snow upon the ground. Good heaven, said Scrooge, clasping his hands together as he looked about him. I was bred in this place. I was a boy here. The spirit gazed upon him mildly. Its gentle touch, though it had been light and instantaneous, appeared still present to the old man's sense of feeling. He was conscious of a thousand odours floating in the air, each one connected with a thousand thoughts and hopes and joys and cares long, long forgotten. Your lip is trembling, said the ghost. And what is that upon your cheek? Scrooge muttered with an unusual catching in his voice that it was a pimple, and begged the ghost to lead him where he would. "'You recollect the way?' inquired the spirit. "'Remember it?' cried Scrooge with fervour. "'I could walk it blindfold.' "'Strange to have forgotten it for so many years,' observed the ghost. "'Let us go on.' They walked along the road, Scrooge recognising every gate and post and tree, until a little market town appeared in the distance, with its bridge, its church, and winding river. Some shaggy ponies now were seen trotting towards them, with boys upon their backs, who called to other boys in country gigs and carts driven by farmers. All these boys were in great spirits, and shouted to each other, until the broad fields were so full of merry music that the crisp air laughed to hear it. "'These are but shadows of the things that have been,' said the ghost. "'They have no consciousness of us.' The jocund travellers came on, and as they came, Scrooge knew and named them every one. Why was he rejoiced beyond all bounds to see them? Why did his cold eye glisten and his heart leap up as they went past? Why was he filled with gladness when he heard them give each other Merry Christmas as they parted at crossroads and byways for their several homes? What was Merry Christmas to Scrooge? Out upon Merry Christmas! What good had it ever done to him? The school is not quite deserted, said the ghost. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. Scrooge said he knew it, and he sobbed. They left the high road by a well-remembered lane, and soon approached a mansion of dull red brick, with a little weathercock-surmounted cupola on the roof and a bell hanging in it. It was a large house, but one of broken fortunes, for the spacious offices were little used, their walls were damp and mossy, their windows broken, and their gates decayed. Fowls clucked and strutted in the stables, and the coach-houses and sheds were overrun with grass. Nor was it more retentive of its ancient state within, for entering the dreary hall and glancing through the open doors of many rooms, they found them poorly furnished, cold and vast. There was an earthy savour in the air, a chilly bareness in the place, which associated itself somehow with too much getting up by candlelight and not too much to eat. They went, the ghost and Scrooge, across the hall, to a door at the back of the house. It opened before them and disclosed a long, bare, melancholy room, made barer still by lines of plain deal forms and desks. At one of these, a lonely boy was reading near a feeble fire, and Scrooge sat down upon a form, and wept to see his poor forgotten self as he used to be. Not a latent echo in the house, not a squeak and scuffle from the mice behind the panelling, not a drip from the half-thawed water-spout in the dull yard behind, not a sigh among the leafless boughs of one despondent poplar, not the idle swinging of an empty storehouse door, no, not a clicking in the fire, but fell upon the heart of Scrooge with a softening influence, and gave a freer passage to his tears. The spirit touched him on the arm, and pointed to his younger self, intent upon his reading. 
Suddenly, a man in foreign garments, wonderfully real and distinct to look at, stood outside the window with an axe stuck in his belt, and leading by the bridle an ass laden with wood. Why, it's Ali Baba! Scrooge exclaimed in ecstasy. It's dear old honest Ali Baba! Yes, yes, I know. One Christmas time, when yonder solitary child was left here all alone, he did come, for the first time, just like that. Poor boy! And Valentine, said Scrooge, and his wild brother Orson, there they go. And what's his name, who's put down in his drawers asleep at the gate of Damascus? Don't you see him? And the Sultan's groom turned upside down by the genie. There he is upon his head. Serve him right. I'm glad of it. What business had he been married to the princess? To hear Scrooge expending all the earnestness of his nature on such subjects, in a most extraordinary voice between laughing and crying, and to see his heightened and excited face would have been a surprise to his business friends in the city indeed. "'There's the parrot!' cried Scrooge. "'Green body and yellow tail with a thing like a lettuce growing out the top of his head. "'There he is. Oh, "'Poor Robinson Crusoe,' he called him when he came home again after sailing round the island. "'Poor Robinson Crusoe! Where have you been, Robinson Crusoe?' "'The man thought he was dreaming, but he wasn't. It was the parrot, you know. "'There goes Friday, running for his life to the little creek. "'Halloa! Who? Hallo!' "'Then, with a rapidity of transition very foreign to his usual character,' He said, in pity for his former self, Poor boy, and cried again. I wish, Scrooge muttered, putting his hand in his pocket and looking about him after drying his eyes with his cuff. But it's too late now. What is the matter? asked the spirit. Nothing, said Scrooge. Nothing. There was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something, that's all. The ghost smiled thoughtfully and waved its hand saying as it did so, let us see another Christmas. End of part seven.